0: Hello and welcome to millions of screens. I'm Cave Producer Leo Garcia, joined as always via Zoom by TV Awards editor Libby Hill and TV Deputy Editor Ben Travers. Today, we have an interview with William Jackson Harper of the Underground Railroad, and we'll also be discussing some of uh, maybe the underdogs in the nominations for Limited Series and Best Drama Series at the upcoming Emmys. Did I get that all right? I think you did. Yeah, little tracks. I mean, always. It feels feels like what we're talking about. Great job. millions and millions of little screens can't you shut up i'm busy boy what a great show skipping ahead to the clicker netflix didn't pick up manifest what the hell
1: <laughs> dreams are dashed lives are ruined uh i mean I'm, actually i shouldn't joke about it people are always pretty upset when they're when their shows have that that second chance of hope and you know the the media and various reports give it credit, and then it gets yanked away. It kind of hurts all over again. But So close, Leo. He's, we're so close to anticipating that pickup.
0: Yep. I, I, nearly, I nearly predicted what was going to happen, but I was wrong. But we're, we're skipping the clicker this week, as we did last week, to talk about some of, again, not the favorites, because those are going to get the attention they deserve, but maybe some shows that Emmy voters should consider uh, as, they're, as they're putting putting their ballots together in the drama and limited series races first up we're gonna do uh best drama ben what do you have as sort of a bubble drama pick either either for show or or actor um that you think people should give a, another look towards all
1: right first of all uh just to to clarify and repeat what leo said during the introduction uh obviously we're not talking about the crown only because it's going to to get nominated it has nothing to do with our own opinions about the show and whether or not it's worthy of being nominated because obviously uh we all love the crown here and think that it's very deserving of all of the awards it's going to get uh, I uh, that with that feel like mind.
2: a safety net for someone on the show to not have to like lay their crown thoughts on the line it, also
0: well, I find being- deals, it felt disingenuous on your part but i think libby and i actually do enjoy the crown
1: no, I don't think that's true. Uh, but I, I would say that really it's a it's a sneaky little going away gift for our executive TV editor and Donahue, uh, the longtime and continual host of Corky Corner, uh, the biggest Crown fan that I know, uh, just to make sure that she's still listening <laughs> next week when she when she checks in on all millions of screens. As she uh, inevitably yeah. will. Of course. She can't let go of us. Not... not not that easily right uh so anyway to answer your question we are who we are is a really good show that i really really hope people take seriously as a drama contender uh not only because if it gets nominated for drama series then i think it's odds of getting a second season increase exponentially which is very very exciting for uh me and probably at least 15 to 20 other people um but luca guadagnino's hbo drama about a, a group of kids who well a group of teenagers living on an army base in italy uh was one of my favorite shows of last year uh I, I should have checked my top 10 list but i'm pretty sure it's on there i had if i had to guess i'd say number seven or eight and that's because it, it's a really sweet moving insightful story that's very surprising it's incredibly well acted uh the whole cast deserves you know if they had an ensemble dom- uh, at the if they had an ensemble nomination at the Emmys, uh, I think it would be a leader in that uh, in that category. Um, but really, like, you know, Jack Dylan Grazer, the, the voice of uh, Pixar's Luca now, which is very, very exciting. Uh, he had a, a much more memorable, much more challenging role in this series. I just want everybody to check it out. Um, and I I do think it's a bit of a stretch to actually land that drama series race. As we've talked about before, this year is a little bit up in the air, considering, you know... We've had a lot of shows that don't make contender status. It's probably worth reminding people yet again that succession will not be nominated this year. It is not eligible. That is very tragic. It is very sad. I can see Libby's still face deserving.
2: Just, it's not eligible. Still,
1: it probably should. There should be an exception because people definitely watched more of succession again than some of the new shows that will be nominated, uh, which should requalify it. But anyway, um, because of shows like Succession that won't be eligible this year, there are openings that uh, we may not anticipate. There, should, there could be nominees that sneak in. And if it's We Are Who We Are, I would be so very, very happy. Um, it's a great show. I love it very much.
2: I feel like you are almost understating what a shit show this category is. Um, there is a fair amount of shows that have previously been nominated for drama series that are, again, eligible this season, but I- I- the thing about not talking about The Crown is, there's not a lot of other sure things. It's just a very- it's a real weird year. Uh, like, I think people thought it was a weird year at uh, Best Picture. It's a weird year at Best Drama Series at the Emmys, let me tell you something. And I don't know what to make of it, because there's some legitimately great TV out there. It's still not gonna get nominated, which breaks my heart. Um-
1: Perry Mason could get nominated.
2: But P-Valley, one of my favorite drama series on TV, might not, for a lot of reasons, one of which being that the TV Academy seems to have some sort of mental block about stars, or maybe a cable box block about stars, and they just don't have access to it. But uh, I love it. Uh, Pea Valley is great it is unexpected it is unlike any other TV show you're currently watching or perhaps have ever watched it is set in the Mississippi Delta in a strip call a uh, strip call club called the pink it follows the let's um, say adventures of several individuals that work there and uh, gives new light and insight into a corner of of america a corner of the south a corner of a window and a corner of the world that we not only don't generally see but we also don't generally think of and in fact i think most people don't aren't even aware exists it's lovely and and it's and not more than being lovely it's gorgeously shot um the athletic prowess on, on display in every episode is mind-boggling. It was created and showrun by Pulitzer Prize winner Katori Hall. Uh, and we just published an interview with Ms. Hall uh, just the other day. You should check that out. You should check the show out on stars. But Ben, I think this drama series category is an absolute mess and it, it has me really freaking out. I don't I don't want awards to be predictable except when you know there's money on the line but um i i don't Our like money. feeling as unsettled as i do about what's getting in this year in in drama series there are eight there are eight slots to fill and things are getting wild when i'm seeing like the boys showing up on a bunch of on a bunch of ballots for for outstanding drama series at the end, which is Well, I mean, it's shade on the boys, and I apologize for that. But, like, there's just... It's just... Apology
0: accepted. Shit's getting weird out there, and, like, I don't know what to do with it. It is strange, and I wonder if you want to answer to this, Ben. Like, the fact that there are eight slots in what is, like, a weird mishmash of a year, and it still feels like, no matter what, four shows that are probably deserving aren't going to get in?
1: Well, I think that has to do a little bit with, uh... (laughs) With uh, the top of the ballot, uh, the shows that we expect to get in, that are locks, that uh, we may not feel are the most deserving shows to get in, which then bumps out, you know, some of the ones that we do feel that way about. Uh, I, I really think that there's about five shows on here uh, that are I would consider not locks but strong front runners, and then those last three slots, I mean throw a dart at the board like it's it's really gonna be tricky it's really gonna be interesting and like you know some of the stuff that libby mentioned isn't really the worst case scenario like the boys is one of the better case scenarios in terms of what nabs that you know that eighth, sure. seventh, or sixth spot on the list um if there were two but, disney
0: plus series would that hurt your heart ben
1: i would be i don't think inconsolable is the right word because i reserve that for when the leftovers get snubbed but i would be upset uh, especially because that would likely mean that shows like, I don't know, Pose, Perry Mason, and Lovecraft Country didn't get in one of those, or not all three, uh, and that would be that would be unfortunate. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a surprise when we get these drama nominations, but that's why we're talking about what better options there are out there for this guy who's trying to fill out his TCA ballot. <laughs> and using this conversation as a shortcut for it uh i would just remind people that justin Thoreau is eligible for the mosquito coast in best actor in a drama series and i do not encourage at any time in any way people casting ballots as makeup votes for egregious errors of years past uh, so I will simply say that Justin Thoreau's performance in The Mosquito Coast is exquisite. They literally built the full arc of the series around two looks that he gives in the premiere and the finale. And they trust that those looks are expressive enough, telling enough, evocative enough, challenging enough to lure you in and then hold you wrapped for eight? Eight episodes? Seven episodes? I don't remember how many they did. Um, for the full season. Uh, and gosh darn it it works like he's 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 an actor who and I know we've talked about this before and I know I've talked about this too much uh, but he's an actor who when given like everything you could possibly ask, ask for when given wigs and and costumes and accessories like he will live in those things in a way that makes, that character come to life, and it's so fun, and it's so exciting, and it's often really funny because usually he's doing that in something like At Home with Amy Sedaris or a comedy or Maniac or you know some of those more out there character roles. Um, but in The Mosquito Coast, he's completely stripped down. He's playing a guy who doesn't have any of that you know kind of <laughs> uh, uh, eccentric interests in anything other than creating, like anything other than sustainability and family. So he's walking around in, in plain shirts and plain jeans and just trying to get things done. And he creates a lot of the magnetism in the way that he delivers his speeches and his monologues and the way he communicates with his kids and his wife and little moments where he has to you know, be a guy who's trying to lie and trying to be an actor while he's removing himself from the process of being an actual actor. And all of those layers are completely, perfectly, wonderfully developed. Um, so I would just encourage people that when you get to that best actor slot, don't forget about Justin Throw. Uh, again, you may have in the past and you may feel bad about it and you should feel bad about it if you did. Uh, but don't let that guide you this year. Just, you know, watch the show and, and trust in the
0: fact that you're doing the right thing. Libby, do you have any extra ones or should we move on to limited series?
2: You know, I, 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 <laughs> I feel at a loss to try and follow that. Um, impassionately I'm by Mr. Travers.
1: I ate up uh, too much time. I,
2: I like. I don't know. Like I like. I was. I was scrolling through my options here. Um, this is a weird one, but I'll, let me just. It, I, it's not that I don't think she's going to get nominated, and it's not even that I, I. I don't think she's going to win just because of the aforementioned crown of it all. But Samira Wiley in this season of Handmaid's Tale was as good as she's ever been. Um, and she's always been exceptional. So I, I think, um, I think she should at least give the, the crown women a run for their money. I don't think it will be enough to unseat Jillian Anderson, but, uh, it sure would be a fun race to watch. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I'm stymied. I hate this. Like, I hate that I'm not more passionate about more of the drama, um, series. I, I... As I do with all things, I'll blame the pandemic. I think it was really more difficult to connect with serious fare. Maybe in the last 16 to 18 months than it was to connect with comedy. Um, And I think that the pandemic had a lot of us looking
0: looking more for comfort. Well, we're getting too far afield. But before we move on to uh, Best Limited Series, I did want to do some corrections. Ben, uh, you had uh, We Are Who We Are at 8.00 on your list uh it's pretty close you had miss mrs america at seven um yeah that's right libby i believe uh strip club adventures are known as escapades like i think that's how you refer to uh strip club adventures and then um ben uh in terms of mosquito coast there were seven episodes Yes, that
1: seven number just tripping me up. Uh, We're just straight we all, up
2: ripping off corrections now. Or can
1: I? Can I also ask how you came about the correction for the strip club?
0: Oh, that's uh, that's, just, that's, a, that's a natural. That's a natural.
1: I mean, correction. he's oh. from
2: Florida. Like, what do you? Do you want? Do you need to draw? Was, a map. Or
1: There's no, I just wasn't sure if he had to clues. look something up. Like, I mean, what site he went to?
0: I can assure you that there are probably plenty of venues with the name Escapade. Ex- escapades. Maybe with an X at the very beginning. Who would know? Maybe uh, you going to tell me
1: there's no strip clubs named Adventures? I feel like there's probably <laughs> some sort of strip what club adventure. What a horrible out there. name
0: for a strip club. Adventure that might oh, adventures. might be more of an escape room. Yeah, it feels more like an escape strip room. Club strip adventures. club adventures. Well, guys, the race for best limited series is definitely more, I would say, hotly contested than the one for drama, based solely on the fact that there are less spots. Uh, For nominees, with only five potential nominees in a very crowded field, what what would you guys want people to give a second look for? When I would argue, from my Rue perspective, there's probably three locks already in three of the spots.
1: Let's hear them. What are they?
2: Yeah,
0: Queens Gambit. I may destroy you in the Underground Railroad. Am I wrong? Those not locks? Oh no, they they shouldn't be. Well, they should be locks. Right.
1: If you're asking exactly. what I want to be a lock and what I should tell people is a lock, um, in that you know, like you have to vote for this. It's a lock. Like put it on your ballot right now. Yeah, those are three good picks.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then I guess if you want to round out that ballot, what would be some things that that the two of you would add on those uh, add to those spots?
1: Not to be not to be this person, but uh, the Good Lord Bird is a really good show. <laughs> Lord bird uh is one of those things that I honestly don't really understand um how well it did but the perception of how well it did seems too muted for my comfort uh it should have done as well as as uh John Brown screams like it should have had that loud of a reception because you know it's it's just incredibly fun uh and yet incredibly informative and wrenching and uh very well put together like it's it's a western but it, it still looks very distinct unto itself uh obviously hawk's performance is great it is a hundred percent the best David diggs performance eligible at this year's emmy awards um shady the shady the, lady but no i i mean the good lord bird it really is worth revisiting if you've already seen it and you're kind of on the fence about uh, how to fit your all of your picks into the five slots that are there I would just encourage you to just queue up a couple scenes at random i don't care which ones and i think you'll be reminded of of the power and passion that went into making that exquisite limited series on showtime um you know i i obviously really hope ethan Hawke gets nominated i i hope but across the board i really wanted to get into limited series wanted to get in writing Wanted to get in directing wanted to get some uh some of those craft nods which Normally would be right up its alley, but in a year when you've got Wandavision and Disney Plus money thrown in there, as well as you know, uh, just a a really, a really, really full slate of limited series contenders that uh, put a lot of admirable uh, artistry on screen, it's really hard to tell. So uh, anyway, that's that's my first and foremost pick in the limited series category. If I was going to encourage people to 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 consider some of the options that leo hasn't already mentioned
2: i like this is tough for me because my my greatest concern for these categories is actually probably the last thing we're going to talk about uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna set that aside for then uh but i do want to just like i have no faith in this system and despite what what gold derby is gonna try and tell me about you know um I may destroy you, being basically locked in this category. I just have no faith in that. Um, I saw Queen's Gamb- Gambit uh, systematically de- destroy. <laughs> I may destroy you uh, throughout the Winter Awards season. I I can't get a real read on what the affection within uh, within the industry is for it, and I just feel like it's important to underline that that is a uh, an absolute masterclass in delving into difficult subject matters, uh, with depth and nuance. And I I think, I think above all emotion, um, it doesn't shy away from, from how difficult it is. It isn't squeamish about, um, which all sounds like a ringing endorsement, uh, you know, for something you want to tuck into, but it's, it's absolutely beautiful. beautiful Michaela Cole, um, has created something truly, truly unique and it would be embarrassing uh, to overlook it uh, in this year um, specifically in the series category Um, obviously also had great performances everything Cole touched was magical Um, but yeah don't sleep on it don't assume that it's so locked that you don't have to put it on your ballot because someone else is going to pick up the uh the slack that's how Bart lost the election to Martin uh one for Martin, two for Martin, it was still travesty and an upset, but uh yeah, vote vote like it matters, vote like it's a presidential election that everyone has pressured you into voting uh in so yeah that's that's that Ben I think we're probably on the same page for unless you have something else specific you're stumping for. And I would just like to say the fact that the good Lord burb has not gotten more traction this year is, I I don't know what, I mean, I have some theories about what happened there, but it really is a Testament to how packed the year is. It's, it is very curious. I know I reference will Derby a lot, but uh, in, in pandemic years, it is one of the very few ways to kind of gauge what at least critics are thinking, uh, might, might, be happening in, in the coming weeks and, and good lord Bird does not appear <laughs> anywhere near like the series list but with a bullet uh, Ethan Hawke is is people's pick for lead actor which is so strange to me I don't know how you separate those two and uh, yeah Ben you're absolutely right um, it, is, it is too bad that that it is being lost um, between the signal and the noise.
1: But the one thing that's remained absolutely resolute in my program of the year picks is the Underground Railroad. It is the program of the year. It is the best thing I've seen in in quite some time uh, on just about every level. And it's oddly one of the few limited series that I'm eager to revisit because of how formally accomplished it is and because of how powerful it is overall. Um, So I, I, I really i really want to agree with leo's assessment at the start of this when he was like these are the three that are the locks and i share libby's skepticism in the tv academy just knowing when to do the right thing uh while still feeling fairly confident about i may destroy you if only because it sustained the momentum uh that it built up over the you know since being released over a year ago or around a year ago um but the underground railroad i just don't know It's just really hard to tell. It's just one of those where it's on a streamer. It was released all at once. They've done all of the awards blitz that they can do. The ads are everywhere. um, The reviews are are huge, positive, big, wonderful praise. uh, And that's echoed by people who have seen it. Like, I I haven't really seen anybody complain about it, which is, you know, speaks again to its, its quality. But it's just a question of how many people watched it. And, you know, when we get ratings for other shows... Uh, and we know as much as we can know that they've hit or that they've been considered, they've been watched, you know, it, it just makes you wonder. And again, the history of the Emmys is rife with uh, exclusions that don't make a ton of sense. Um, so we just want to protect against that. And uh, please watch it, please. Like, I'm not even telling you to put it on the ballot. I mean, I am, but just watch it. And I, I don't think you'll have any other choice.
2: Let me tell you, like, here's where, here's where I'm spooked. Ben is the performances um I know that you will always tell me that you know I shouldn't trust cold derby because obviously it's a bunch of people kind of uh predicting in a circle and going off of each other's opinions especially for the last two years but leo is right to the extent that when it comes to the series breakdown Um, Underground Railroad seems very solid there. But if you go through and you look at where the performers are coming in, uh, where their odds are at, it is very concerning. And I will tell you this now. If Tuso Mbadu, who is this series, does not get nominated in limited series actress, I'm going to lose my shit. Um... (laughs) not to constantly uh not to constantly cross promote but we have an amazing conversation with Tuso uh and her co-star Chase that that just went up uh she talks about her process and it I, I legitimately had to take a moment and to wrap my head around what she was doing in each in each in each scene uh in each day from moment to moment and I uh I'm a person who has talked to most, many, many of the lead actress uh, candidates in limited series, including Oscar winner uh, Kate Winslet, including a, a phenomenal Anya Taylor-Joy, and what Mbedu told me about how she inhabited Cora was beyond, and I think people need to see it. I think they need to pay attention to it. And they need to not trust that, oh, well, if we vote for it for series, that's kind of an ensemble thing. It's kind of an ensemble show, so it's okay if no one gets singled out. You got to single people out. And while we're at it, you should single out Joel Edgerton, and you should single out William Jackson Harper. Like, I can go, there's a lot of people you should single out. Sometimes, Chase.
1: Chase. Yeah, Chase
2: Chase, Chase W. Dillon. Sometimes, when an ensemble is great... Uh, what you need to do is not just honor the ensemble you need to uh, you need to embrace all of the people that make up the ensemble individually um i just i need to know people watch this show i need to know people paid attention to this show i need to know that people understood what went into making this sh- this this series something revelatory and uh and i'm real scared and it's going to be a rough couple weeks as uh, voting ends and we wait for nominations to come out. But, um, you know, we hope for the best. Do we have any other thoughts
0: I think on you know, the I Underground just,
2: Railroad and the performances therein?
0: Here, I'll, I'll do what Ben's about to say. Ben's going to say. No, he's not. Oh, wait. Ben's to say, consider the third day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, specifically Jude Law, and then then Libby's gonna say, consider Kate Mara for a teacher,
2: and uh, as if that category is not
0: (laughs) loaded enough, is
2: not loaded enough. Like that's, I mean, that's that's the that is the sad fact of limited series uh, this year. You know, they are so limited. There is not even room to stump for the people that you feel are the fringe cuz everyone's fringe all all of the the those individuals that might be locked in in a different year that might be locked with a more expansive category in limited series like comedy series and drama series receive uh aren't locked so something has to go for people who who, who if not the front runners are are you're fairly confident in and it's it's not a great place to be in i don't like it and i don't know why
0: do it. Well, we blew a perfectly good transition opportunity for me to mock Ben and his predictability. But uh, now it's time for our interview with William Jackson Harper, where he discusses working with Barry Jenkins and as Libby previously pointed out, Thuso's like, intense preparation for every scene. And yeah, it was a really great conversation. It was early in the morning for us, for Libby and I.
2: And kind of for him, too. I think we were all a little... We
0: were, we were all a little tired, but we made the uh, most of it. We, we, made, we made the best of it. Uh, here's that interview with William Jackson Harper. Well, William, thank you so much for being here on Millions of Screens. I know you're, you're tight on time, so we'll try to, to get through all our questions uh, and then let you get out. Uh, well, the, the first
1: thing I was curious about was I read an interview that um, the casting for this was that you basically sent in a self-tape and then uh, got the job off of the self-tape without a ton of further conversation, uh, which I think is you know obviously evident of your talent and, and how well you fit the role. Um, but could you talk just a little bit about what that part of it was like with a character this complex and a story this complex and like how much extra prep you wanted to do just to get ready once you knew that you were hired, like kind of what that in-between process was like for you and getting ready for the role?
3: Well, I mean... I, uh... I mean, honestly, it was like kind of like a oh shit moment, like when I got it, because I was like, you know, this the I it's like one of those books that I've been meaning to read for a while, but I was like a little bit scared to read it because I, I knew it would, you know, I would be upset by a lot of things that happened in it. And, um, and, it, and so I felt like, you know, like that feeling when there's a book report due and you did not read that book. And and so there was it was like a little bit of that feeling where I was just sort of like, oh, man, like this is a book that everybody knows, that everyone is talking about. And I've heard about it and I've just not read it yet because I'm afraid of it. And... Um, and so, like the, the in between time was really just sort of trying to get up to speed. Like, so I read the book. Thankfully, the book is like, you know, it's it's really economical, and it's um, you know, it's it 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 just you blaze through it um, as much as you can because it is really intense. Um, so yeah, just read the book like within like two days, I want to say something like that, and then just started reading a bunch of uh narratives um you know of enslaved people who had escaped and stuff like that just so i could like get a feel for how what what royal was was looking at and how he was viewing everything just to kind of try to understand his his spirit a little bit more um and and so yeah that was really what it was um I, i i it was yeah it was just a lot of a lot of reading and i mean i Even getting the sides, it was like, the sides were so good, but the audition material that we got was really good. And so, and there was a lot there and it was really dense. And I was just like, you know, it's pretty rare that you get a scene to audition with that really feels like a scene where you're not having to fake a bunch of action and, you know, do stuff that, or like a bunch of scenes cut together where it no longer makes sense. You know, it's like you, it's like really complete moments Uh, just put together, and so it was like, man, it's really rare that you get an audition that is um, where you get to actually sort of play with the moments without having to manufacture too much. And so I really wanted to, um, I don't know, I just wanted to honor that as much as I could. Um, And then I felt like that was gonna be my only experience with the part, I wanted to give it what I had. And and then when I got the part, it was just like, oh, snap, now I gotta do it. (laughs) And so it's, it's uh yeah it's it was it was it was crazy
1: well uh not to not to jump too far ahead, but um you and you and Barry and a number of other people really encouraged people to kind of take it slow with the show when it when it when it actually came out um and i mean i i was i was a big part of that too like i just i really uh i really appreciate people who could kind of go episode by episode and dissect it kind of, you know, individually as, as well as part of a bigger whole. Um, but I was just really curious now that it's been out for a little bit, now that people are kind of talking about it and, and, you know, going at their own pace or, you know, just giving you feedback on, on different parts that they enjoyed or responded to What has that side of it been like for you? Like, what has the response been like compared to, you know, both your expectations and kind of what you hoped people would, would discover within the show?
3: You know, I just never, I don't know. Like, uh, as far as expectations, I, you know, I, 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 I trust Barry, you know? Um, and I I think that like anything that he makes is going to have uh, a lot of honesty and heart and be very meticulously rendered. Um, so I, I felt like it would be something that we could be proud of. Um, you know, and I felt like I—I I, I felt proud to be a, a part of it, but I, I didn't really know how people would respond. Um, you know, I—you I, know—there's a lot of dialogue now around, um, you know, depictions of slavery, and 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 people are, you know, and I think rightfully so, just really triggered by that and bothered by it and don't want to deal with it and. And um, and so I was, I, was I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I do think that it is, there's something different for me in this story because it, at its heart, it's really about resistance. And I'm hoping that people take that um, as, as something that they can sort of carry with them as they watch the series. Um, and, and so I'm, I don't know, I, I, I guess I just, was, I wasn't really sure what to, expect or like as far as people's responses i I think that i was just sort of whatever response you have that's the response you have and you know it's i am i want to be a part of something that triggers responses and and um isn't something that you just sort of you know glaze over and just sort of passively watch i want to you know spur some conversations be a part of stuff that's spurring conversations and And I feel like the piece is doing that. And that's really as far as I go, Um, just because I I think, you know, wanting people to like it is, is uh, that's a, that just feels like a, a really, it feels wrong to be like, I want you to like it. It's like, I just want you to be affected by it in some way. You're
2: one of the first actors I've heard talk about, first of all, that, that sense of not wanting to read the book that everyone's reading and, uh, I run into that a lot. I don't want to watch the show everyone's talking about. Uh, I don't want to necessarily dig into those hard, those challenging shows that I know are, are going to, to affect me emotionally. Um, Now it's one thing for me to do that as, as a, a journalist, but what is it like for you as an actor when, when you are going out for roles that are, Deeply challenging, which is, I'm guessing, the best kind of role to have. Um, how do you gird yourself for digging into those materials, especially in the middle of a pandemic?
3: I uh, I actually like when I feel a little bit out of my depth and a little bit unprepared. As I get older, I find that it's easier for me to go on autopilot and do the thing that I do, you know. And the thing that was really fun about you know, my earlier days as an actor was always feeling like I, I have no idea what's going on. And then eventually getting to a place where you understand what's happening um, or, you know, it's in, or, or like sort of I mean, this is a little glib, but sort of that fake it till you make it. You know, like people are giving you notes and you're just like, sure, sure, sure. Got it. You have no idea what, how, to, how to play the note that they're giving you. So it's there's I, I think for me, it just it makes me feel young You know, it makes me feel like I'm still growing. It makes me still feel like I have a lot to learn, which that's, which I, I mean, I know I do, but it's, it's really easy to sort of just stay in one pathway, you know, especially the one that's least resistant and just, and just glide along. And, um, and so when something comes along that is challenging, that I do feel like I'm not prepared to, at the time that I'm about to start it, you know, I, I, that's, that's when I I, I I get a little jolt of energy because I'm like, OK, here we go. This is this is what it felt like when I was starting out. And I was just excited to be doing this. And um, and it was all brand new. You know, um, I think that's the thing about the challenging parts is that it's they're they're brand new. I mean, and everything is to a degree, but, you know, the the really challenging stuff, it's the fact that you could fail is that's that's the thrill of it, you know. No,
2: absolutely. That's, that's, I love that. Um, So you obviously, the heart of your role is sort of um, working across from Thuso, who is revelatory in Underground Railroad. How, what was your collaboration process like? Uh, Obviously you're both actors, you're used to faking relationships, but Cora and Royal uh, are something very special and i was wondering if there was a um if you i was wondering if you had insight into how that developed together between you two actors
3: well it, it took a second um you know like uh, i mean i was coming directly off of the good place like we had just finished shooting in the states before we went to finish up the series in in europe and um and i was just sort of like You know, I I was in that headspace, you know, I was, there's a very different character, very different vibe and, you know, I'm showing up and it's, you know, it's Tussaud who's, who's carrying this story, you know, like she's carrying everything and she's so deeply, deeply in character that I was like, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of, when when I first got there, there wasn't a whole lot of chit chat. There wasn't a whole lot of, Hey, how you doing? It was like, she has to be in a certain place to play this role as effectively as she does. And she she honors her process and stays where she needs to stay, which is a thing that I admire. Because I mean, like I I get on the set and I'm like, hey everybody, I just want everyone to like me, you know? So um, you know, she's and, and I mean she's likable. It's not that she's didn't care about that. But it's like it's uh but she's she she protects her process and she protects the character. And so it, it took a second. And then as soon as we were done with our first uh, a couple of scenes she was like hey how you doing and i was like oh okay all right you're 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 a real actor and you and you stay where you need to stay in order to do the work that you need to do and and then from then on we just you know like we just sort of bonded um you know cuz i was in and out for a while like i went and did some underground railroad then finished up the good place then went back to underground railroad and Um, you know, by then we had just sort of found a a rhythm of sorts, and we were like making fun of each other and having a good time when it was, when it was fun to, when it was time to do that. And, um, and so it's, I don't know, we just sort of like fell into this rhythm of, of, of just, I mean, thankfully it's like our characters really like each other a lot, and it just sort of, I, you know, both, you know, real life and the characters sort of inf- informed each other, where we just like sort of found this bond off screen and then it sort of informed the bond on screen. And uh, yeah, she's, she's, man, she's an incredible, she's an incredible actress. Just, just incredible. I mean, I just, I admire her so much and I learned a lot from just being on set with her.
2: I, yeah, I, I talked to, to her and Chase together uh, a few weeks ago and she Uh, I I lost a lot of time because I, I, I asked her like to take me through the process of her like physicality of Korra and I was just like, my mind was boggled. She's, she's next level man. But uh, you, you hold your own uh, in those scenes. Um, It's, it's just, um, you know, it's just like 83% magic every time, every time you two are together. So I I felt remiss uh, if I didn't ask about it.
1: I, I didn't, I, I'm regretting right now that I didn't write down any specific examples, but I, um, one of the things that struck me about Royal, especially in his kind of early feeling out period with Cora was the language that you had to use because, you know, obviously this is a, this is set at a distinct time where people spoke to each other in a little bit of a different way, but part of what you're kind of channeling in those moments, especially for her, but also for the audience is this kind of sense of calm and reassurance. So it felt to me like you would have to be even more, uh, like aware of, of, you know, just how people spoke back then of like how this character spoke of, uh, you know, the, the, kind of specific verbiage and words and stuff that were used at that time. Uh, and I was wondering, was the, like the reading that you mentioned doing earlier, was that something that was helpful of kind of letting you settle into that? Or was that just the script again, where you're like, no, 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 I see it. It's right here. I just got to wrap my, you know, mouth around it a bit
3: well we had some some moments where we actually ad-libbed and i think oh really did help yeah um because it's uh you know like i i um i find that when i read stuff from you know that time period there's a formality to it that is, I mean, I'm sure people didn't always speak that way always, but I'm sure that there was like a, a way in which they spoke, which is different from how we spoke now. Now, I don't know exactly what that was, but, you know, when I would read, when I would read quotes, there's a way in which people put their sentences together. That was just a little bit different and a, like actually used a few more words and was a little less efficient. <laughs> and, and so um, that that was helpful. There was, so there was a couple of moments where. You know um like in particular like the you know barry said you know like there was an ad-lib at the end of the scene where uh, after the party where i'm like you know that moment where Cora and i are talking about you know moving off of the farm and you know uh rumsey brooks has that poem and we're having our conversation out to the side um we got to the end of that scene and barry was like he threw us a couple of lines and um there is this you know they in the book they talk about royal being uh, sort of an exotic figure in certain ways and i thought huh okay so this is a guy that i wonder if he's like a dude who's read some shakespeare who's like you know done some who, who sort of has like this access to that sort of stuff so uh barry said like you know at the end of this scene, why don't you say like why are you looking at me like that and they're like what and it's like that and i'm like okay and so then, and then we kick into the whole thing where Cora says, you know, you real pretty when you smile like that and throws it back at me. And I was like, well, I, I thought like, it would be fun just to if Royal is sort of this weird exotic character, you know, uh, in ways like, you know, what if he pulled out some sort of Shakespearean sounding text? And so that's, that's one the, where the "You gaze upon me most strangely Miss Cora came from. I was like, you know, he would probably just have access to that sort of thing a little bit more readily than someone now, you know, like people like read things and just sort of had access to poetry and passages from books, um, you know, just sort of at the, like at the, at the, at the top of the dome. And so, um, and so I just like, let me try that. And and then it made it in, which I was like, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I guess it tracks, you know, and so it's little things like that, which, which do help. I mean, like I, I needed to have, those, I needed to have that vernacular in my head. So if we do go off script in some way, I'm not just sounding like me, I'm sounding like the guy from another time. So um, that's, that, that was, that was, that the reading was really, really instrumental in that.
1: I, I'd, I'd read a lot about how Barry would kind of find shots, in moments, like if there was a sunset or if there was something happening, like he would kind of, you know, whip it around and try to grab that uh, as things were happening. But I I guess I didn't realize that it also transferred over to you as an actor, like with lines and and parts of the script and scenes in in that context where you'd be asked to ad lib or improvise a little bit. Um, Did you know that was something you'd be asked to do coming in? Like, had you heard that about other, you know, like from other people who'd worked with Barry or that they'd briefed you on it, it was just part of your process?
3: No, no, I just got lucky that I read some things and was able to rip a little bit. I was, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that, you know, the script is complete. The script is good. It didn't need any embellishments, you know, it's just like, you know, so unless Barry was saying, hey, why don't you try this, right. try that, we didn't, we didn't, you know, like, you know, rip on it at all. We, right. we right. stayed, we stayed in our lane um, because it didn't need any help. But, like, um, yeah, I had no idea that he would, like, sort of be like, yeah, just mix it up, try something a little different here. And then, like, he would feed us some lines, you know, here and there to sort of tweak and change and stuff, and we would do that. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, there was definitely some, I, I, I was definitely, like, you know, there's, de- <laughs> I, I was caught off guard a couple of times with uh, just improvise there, and I was like, oh, oh, you're trusting me with that? Because, like, I, uh... I, you you've done your work, and I'm like I'm I'm sort of just seeing what I can come up with. I don't want to like undermine the beauty of this script by throwing in something that does not fit and does not work. Um, so you know it's it's yeah I, I was I it was just so good that there's there's no way that I could think I could improve with what I'm coming up with in the moment. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. You have to love it, though. I mean, that's that's such a beautiful collaboration, like especially in in television. People talk about how much of, you know, creating this stuff is a collaboration and, uh, you know, that level of trust for somebody to you know understand not only the the lines and the work and the moment that's put in front of them, but the person that they're asked to portray like that's part of it. And that's really exciting that, uh, you know, that was that was uh, uh, incorporated into the show like that.
3: Well, it made it made it made the case for me for really doing your, your research, because if I hadn't, I, I would have felt a lot more afraid of just taking some swings and seeing what happens. Now, granted, there's a lot of things that I probably ripped that they were like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Make sure that makes it nowhere near any of these scenes. But, um, you know, every now and again, I think maybe I, I would like to think that I helped. and um, And so, yeah, I'm glad that I did the reading. So at least I had some of that in there, so it didn't feel like I was just, like having to fish for it too much, you know, or just rely on him to feed me directly every single time.
2: Hi, like it, it's like the world's highest stakes
3: improv session.
2: Um, Barry Jenkins just like don't yeah, know, mix it
3: up, say Press whatever,
2: up. <laughs> it's fine.
3: Yeah, I'm like, bro, you're you you're you're better at this than me. Like you've written all of that, like you you know what to do. I do not want to mess up the thing that you've crafted here, it, it is great as it is. I don't think I can improve, but I mean, it's, it also speaks to him as a, as a, as an artist is that, you know, he's, he, he does trust you to contribute and to make an offer and to see what you bring to it. And he wants you to bring yourself to it. And in the midst of all that, he crafts something that's so much greater than everything that everyone throws in, you know, like that's, like that's a magic trick. I don't know how anyone can pull that off, but Barry does every single time.
0: Well, William, I think we're out of time. It, it's it's at the top of the hour. But uh, thank thank you so much for for spending some time with Millions of Screens. Um, we're all huge fans of, of the series. Um, and yeah, thank you again for for your time.
1: Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right, great talking right.
0: to you. Millions of Screens is a production of the Penske Media Corporation. Anywhere our theme music f- features excerpts of the classic YouTube video Bjork talking about TV and Willie Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Editor-in-chief is Dana Harris-Brightson, our publisher is James Israel, and our executive editor for the last time is Anne Donahue. Some of our favorite television strip clubs include Bada <laughs> Bing <laughs> from The Sopranos, of course, a classic. Of course, the Glitter Factory, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, the Landing Strip. From Friday Night Lights. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Uh, millions of screens. Yeah. Strongly endorses because that's the format. As if it's a place you could go. Uh, going to Orlando's in Baltimore. Whoa. From the wire. Nope. Ben does not yeah, want to go.
1: No, I I don't endorse that at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> go hang out with the bark sales? No. no. I think this ben, is did a You bad had idea. an adventure at the- <laughs>
1: Orlando. No, but I had an escapade. <laughs>
0: You can find us on Twitter at A Million Screens at Midwest Bitfire at Ben T. Travers and at Leo Dina Garcia. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Place, so Leave a review. Let us know what you think. This is Ben. Libby and Leo remind you as always that you shouldn't let poets lie to you. You shouldn't let poets lie
3: to you. Ain't nothing wrong with a
0: couple of cold brews and a cool podcast. <laughs>